Well, welcome back to After 21, everybody. Via, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about your diet in general and how diet really relates to fitness. I think it's a very interesting conversation as two South Asians, because obviously we all know nutrition and fitness go hand in hand, but when you mix it with a certain type of cuisine and lifestyle, what that really plays out into. Before we jump into this episode, a super quick disclaimer, we are not nutritionists. We are just here to help give you some sort of guidance. We're not going to give you a diet. If you need a diet, you got professional people out there in the market, but without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hello. Hi, Ria. Hi, Porva. Did we just start a pod? Yeah, dude, I think we did. So, Porva, I think one thing I would like love to open up talking about is kind of like what is even a healthy diet, especially when you think of within the South Asian food group, because our culture itself is like so complicated. You know, there's so many different foods, depends on what area you're from it depends on like what your family kind of grew up eating but like what is a healthy diet for a south asian in terms of food and is that even possible or do you think more of like salads and smoothies when it comes to healthy diet you know it's such a good question that ria just brought up because just to clarify ria you are from the north of india and i'm from the south Mm -hmm. of india what is an average diet for you because for me a lunch involves rice at the middle of the plate like a ton of rice and then maybe pulses, maybe some veggies and yogurt. I know it's different, but like, what is a diet yeah. for you? Kind of funny answer. So I'm from the from East India um, and typically it actually is a very rice heavy diet. But when we were younger, um, I think, like think when we were still in grade school, at some point my dad had gotten some report about his cholesterol going up. So uh-huh. my family switched to white or to uh, brown rice and it switched to having roti a lot more. So now as an adult, I hate white rice. Like if we go to India, my mom is like, we need to have some kind of like bread substance <laughs> for my daughter. <laughs> Cause I like, I just hate white rice. Well, I mean, like that just goes to show how diverse our culture is. So it's like practically impossible to nail it down and say there's like one kind of diet because literally guys, my neighbors in my apartment, all three of them come from three different parts of India and I've had lunches and dinners with them. Every single time I go to each one of their houses, it's a different kind of menu with each of them. Like, like Ria said, one of them has roti, one of them has rice, one of them has just vegetables and like a soup sort of um, a dinner or lunch. So, I mean... Going back to the whole healthy diet question, there's no right answer with our culture specifically, but I think really what it boils down to, at least in my house, is as long as you're eating food from inside the house, you're making some progress. I would even say it's like a lot of picking and choosing, I feel. So Mm -hmm. also for me, and I just realized this, but so I'm from Orissa in East India and typically Odia food is actually pretty healthy like there's a lot of really big vegetable bases and one of the like items which as a kid I hated and now that I'm older I'm starting to like a little bit more now that I know the health benefits I like it more but it's called dalma and it's just basically it's like lentils so there's like dal and then it's a ton of veggies it's almost like I guess your modern day like stew with like a bunch of spices as well and you typically eat it with rice but it's like very nutritious because it covers your proteins it covers all your like there's anything from like eggplant to like carrots in it 
And then you have some carbs and rice too. I think one thing I really hated when I was a child was idli. Um, for how do you even explain idli to like a non-Indian? I love listener? idli. It's like I a rice it. cake. Yeah, it's like a rice cake, and then you have it with like a coconut chutney, and then something called a sambar, which is like literally what Ria said, but like a dal, a lentil stew on the side. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's heavier on the spices. Like it's got a kick to it. I it's just little, hate I don't it. Think it's as heavy from a lentil perspective either. Like the lentils are there, but you're not like overtly there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got yeah. veggies and stuff. But like, I think what you said about picking and choosing in this incredibly diverse diet that we have is at least the way I go about things. Like I have a lot of professional athlete friends and I ask them this all the time. I'm like, do you have like a diet that you follow? Give me the tea, give me the scoop. Like what do you do to keep yourself fit? You know, like, cause Indian diets are so carb heavy and Mm -hmm. carbs got such a negative connotation. And all they say is, dude, we've got such a rich diet. Like you have the liberty to pick and choose than literally having veggies and cheese or veggies and yeah. soup. One thing that I find so interesting when we also talk about picking and choosing is a lot of the typical foods that we have in our diets across the board have so much nutritional value that we don't look into. And yeah. there's ways to like bring that value of one food into something different. So like a great example is we all sit here and we're buying like almond flour, all these protein flours and like all these things. And basin, which is like an Indian household staple, whether it's used in like basin jillas, which is like, if people don't know, it's almost like a salty pancake, I guess. Yeah. And it's yum. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, But it's like a salty pancake. I mean, you can also make it sweet, actually, if you put sugar into it, just like a regular pancake, but it's made of chickpea flour and it's so, so good for you and so high in protein, but we never really think about the small substitutes like that. A lot of it boils down to the most basic ingredients that we use. Like you think about veggies, a meal has veggies. You think about protein, a meal has protein honestly like a lot of the subs I mean, unless you're just a rice heavy meal a lot yeah. of the bread substances also have some type of protein rava idlis actually have a lot of protein yes. in them and they're filling like these they're are all so examples. good yeah also sorry i got very passionate about this so anyone who knows me knows that i really like dips um most chutneys actually have a lot of protein in them you break it down and look at it like the this is your girl who if anyone knows this is more like for the south indian crowd but i love like chutney butter or chutney puri like i carried a packet with me to college (laughs) (laughs) um so that is how much i love it and during covid it wasn't like around as much so my mom started making it at home and so i'd make it with her and i was like this is literally ground up doll I mean, like there's so much variety if you really look into our, and this is again, like catered to people who are, who predominantly eat South Asian food, obviously, but it's kind of to say that like, anytime you think of an Indian diet and you think, oh my God, it's unhealthy, think twice because there's so much more to that diet than what you're eating. Either you're not making enough effort in the kitchen or helping out your mom and dad in the kitchen, or you're just like completely ignorant about the fact that there's so many other varieties I mean it's sad to say though like until this is a funny example until I moved to the U.S. I didn't know how beneficial turmeric is you know I knew it I knew it you know what I mean like I knew how important it was in your diet but it wasn't until like I freaking 
you know, went to Trader Joe's or like saw some stupid $7 drink advertised on Starbucks that I was oh, just like- golden lattes? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy how we have all of this growing in our backyard and we don't understand the value of it until like some freaking external person advertises about it and talks about the benefits. So, so I don't know if you were, if you did this as a kid, but I remember my parents would try to feed me like Jevin brush right and it's like okay it's like disgusting whatever I was at a juice bar in LA that's what it was and they had like like, word in LA (laughs) (laughs) but they had like a sort of like a wellness thing and I had it and I was like this is literally but like I promise you nobody would have like all those kids were like that was so stupid that tasted so disgusting blah 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 blah. and even today I feel like I think I would tell you that but now that you see advertised in like juice cafes and everything about how it's healthy for you you think about it I think like the real takeaway that we boil this down to in like a South Asian diet especially is that again we are not here to tell you how to lose weight or what sort of way you can like drop those 50 pounds or gain 10 pounds. We're kind of here to give you like a bit more insight into the fact that if you are South Asian, look further into your diet. There's a lot of alternatives that you can pick up and kind of pivot to a healthier lifestyle because you can easily say that we, we have rice all yeah. day. And, oh my God, carbs, so much carbs. Oh my God, we eat with so much ghee. But guess what? Ghee is good for you. Healthy fat right there. There's always, you know, little nook and crannies that you can look into within our diet, like the South Asian diet, and really use that to harness your fitness journey. I think it's also hard because usually when we look for healthy inspiration in terms of what to eat, when you want to eat more healthier, most of the inspiration isn't from like our conducive of South Asian cuisine. So I think it's a little bit more about like being a little bit more aware yourself. Like if your goal, or if you know that you need to be eating more vegetables, getting certain vitamins or whatever that is, like look for those rich foods. Cause I promise you there's a plethora of dishes that you can make to cater to your tastes. And also like whatever your nutritional values is, you just have to look a little bit deeper into it. For starters, everybody go Google what Chila is and then you can thank us later. (laughs) Moving on to the second part of things, right, Ria? Like, I'm curious to know what you think about, you know, managing a healthy diet as you are a 20-something-year-old. How do you balance this diet? You know, because I've struggled. I've stayed on my own. We've both stayed stayed on our own. Now we stay with parents. Um, on the top of it, you know, we are social animals, you know, we like to go out and about. So there's a drink or two, like, how do you create this balance? Honestly, I think for me, it began way back, like probably in college itself. So I definitely for the longest time or for as far as I can remember, was very strict on my diet, um, just because I wanted to be healthy, but I think what I started to see is it developed in small bounds of either like binge eating or like seeing people eat certain things that I was in my head kind of jealous of and like didn't realize it. So I've definitely changed a lot. And I think going into the workforce too, I've given myself a lot more grace. So I've tried to be a lot more of like, it's a mix. It's like literally a balance. Like I try to eat healthy and just fuel my body for 
most of the days, but I give myself like the grace to have an unhealthy meal here or there, have some chips if I'm craving it, like have fries when I'm doing that. And honestly, same thing when it comes to drinking, I think I have often seen that mentally thinking about it or even, you know, thinking about how many calories am I consuming or whatever is very mentally toxic for me. So I will rather keep it more as like, I do what I want to, and I know it's okay because I have a balance. Like I know that I can go out and I can drink or whatever, because I've been eating healthy. I healthy normally. And I work out every single day. Like it's more about the overall lifestyle than it is focusing for me about like little things. Um, but that's kind of how I've dealt with it. What about you? I feel like most people right after school go through like a fitness kick or when I say fitness, I mean specific to a gym kick. So they're eating right, going to the gym, trying to get swole, trying to get lean, trying to have that bikini bod. And then they come out of college because then they realize, Oh my God, you know, life isn't as structured as it was in college. And then you have a job, you're working really hard. And people either go through like a 180 where they put on a ton of weight and they lose their fitness, or they're just like going to the gym because it's really, you know, something to keep them distracted, but they're not giving that much effort. So like, I'm in that stage right now where I'm like trying to figuring out a groove in the process of understanding a balance right so I'm not training hard enough any day every day like I used to before but I'm also working harder and like Rhea mentioned I'm so glad she mentioned this binge eating is a thing you know I'm in my head I'm just like oh like I had a heavy breakfast it's only 12 30 like I've got a shit ton of work to do I'll just go snack on a peanut butter sandwich. I'll just go snack on a banana and I'll just push it, push it, push it till 6 p.m. And then like, you know, by that time, I'm just like, I'm just going to order in. So I've noticed a lot of my friends are going through the same phase as I have. And I think the large part of it for me has been, you know, I'm unable to translate it into my personal life with a diet. And, and what I think really helps for me has been always to like, I'm someone who likes to plan things. So like I'll go grocery shopping on Sunday and try to like plan my meals for the week. I definitely think meal prepping is a huge, huge thing. I try actually to not eat out unless it's like a social thing usually. Um, yeah. I usually just try to meal prep because I also eat a lot healthier. But I think for me, what I also noticed is the less emphasis I put on it, the better that I would do with it. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think it really boils down to being conscious about what you put into your body. Like we said this before in our developing a relationship with yourself episode, it's being conscious about what you do, being Mm self-aware. It really applies to food as well. Not going to say that like we are gurus, like all of us at 20 something year olds, we're allowed to make mistakes and we have a crazy lifestyle and we're all really figuring this out. But I think really as you're figuring this out is it's also to kind of find that balancing act. Like, okay, I'm going out with my friends on a Friday night. Can I limit myself to drinks during the week so that I can afford to take those extra shots or yeah. extra drinks on a Friday? I'm eating a lot outside and I'm my body isn't feeling great. What can I do to kind of help myself feel a little less lethargic because of, because maybe I had a little bit too much of a cheese pizza last, last night. You know, that's why I'm feeling not so great this morning. So yeah, it's really about the balancing act. And another thing, which I picked up on this because I started uh, traveling pretty early on in my career, but going out to eat doesn't mean you have to go and eat badly. Like 
I know yeah. we all make fun of it to a certain extent, but like there's always healthier options on a menu. You have to find them. Honestly, I love sharing things. So like I've gone out to dinner, like my favorite things to go out to dinner with my friends are when we get like two things on the menu that look like absolutely different and amazing. Like that's why we went there. But we also get like a side of veggies or like a side salad or whatever. And we split it. Some of us live with our parents right now. And if you live with Indian parents, they do get offended on the table if you pick and choose what you want to eat like they're like I made this you don't want to eat this like what the heck you're you're becoming scrawny or you're not eating well but I think a really important thing that I've learned is you know if you want to control what you want to eat in a very Indian household you go into the kitchen and make what you want because then you have full control over what you want to eat so like that's just a tip for those who are living with their parents and who either are complaining about the food that their parents are making or don't really want to eat what they're making. So I think the next thing that we actually had to kind of talk about, which we've touched upon a lot is dieting to lose weight versus dieting to keep healthy. Um, Don't get me wrong. I think we all do each of them, depending on maybe where you're at in the year. But when it comes to eating foods to lose weight versus eating foods that keep you healthy, I think it's about knowing a little bit more about your goal and your body. I don't look at food as food to lose weight. I've always, I've never had a negative relationship with food. I've always, in fact, had a very positive relationship with food where I'm just hogging and hogging and hogging. Um, but I think a large part of it is establishing that relationship with food. I remember this when I was playing squash. I went to a nutritionist um, in college and she was just like, I was complaining to her about how like, you know, I'm not seeing the body results. What is going on? And she was like, write down your diet. And I wrote down my diet and I said, look, there's so much carbs in there. And she's like, when you're training a lot, carbs are important because they're your fuel. Now, obviously, I have nothing against people who've done keto. I have nothing against people who do intermittent fasting. If you see results, you see results. As long as you think it's sustainable and it works for your body. Like a large part of what I think when you are eating is to look at your body and, and assess what works for your body, right? Like for me, um, yeah. none of these work. Like I, I, I'm someone who likes eating a lot. So how can I cater my eating better so that it becomes fuel to my body and not like damage to my body? So what does that mean? I yeah. like to hydrate a lot. I like to eat a banana right after a workout. I like to get in a protein shake. Just like these little alternatives help me. I love that you brought up different types of diets as well, because I think the one thing for me is I know a lot of these diets are like effective and it really helps people lose that last couple of pounds or get kickstarted on their journey, whatever it is. But like the long-term effects of some of these diets are so mm-hmm. bad for you mm-hmm. because of the way that it affects your body. Like they're meant to shock your body and shed some of that fat, but they also shock your body like keto I know a lot of people swear by it but it's also if you look into it there's a lot of research on it being really bad for your kidneys and there's a lot of different yeah because like in fact I had a friend who started keto and I remember that we would like see her eat every day and honestly it was like I think I like felt my heart felt a little like heavy seeing her eat because I was like there's so much fat that you're eating and she would even tell us about these recipes and it was just like fat fat and fat like it was giving me anxiety but she started to get like shivers and like like urine was like brown because of the way so Mm -hmm. yeah it's like not it's not good for you and a lot of the like short-term diets 
I like that. So you always have to be like aware about what you're doing for yourself in the long term as well. I went on like a low sugar diet where I had like a natural sugar, only natural sugars. It was supposed to be for like a month and it lasted maybe three days because I was just like, this, is, this isn't going to work. And when I came back, so basically for those three days, I deprived myself of any kind of sugar. And then I saw one tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream on the rack and I was like, I need it. I want it. I'm going to eat you. And I ate the whole damn tub and I felt extremely guilty. And I remember talking to my friend about this and she's like, this never works. You know, when you deprive yourself of something completely, you come back stronger. Your impulses and your urges come back stronger. So the idea here when you are eating to keep healthy is to slowly, slowly like detach yourself from that specific yeah. ingredient really goes back to our takeaway from before where you really have to find the balance between everything well with that i think we talked a lot about different areas of food but let's recap the three takeaways we have for you guys number one being look inward look into your diet the south asian diet isn't as harmful as people think it is there are a lot of substitutes that the the diet has to offer there are always alternatives to finding a healthy diet within the cuisine of your choice number two there needs to be a healthy balance between everything that you eat it's not a rat race it's about creating a healthy lifestyle and really giving yourself the balance and also the grace to be able to eat what you want when you want but create a healthy lifestyle for yourself according to your body's needs and who you are. Number three is approaching your diet with an orientation. So what does that mean? It means to understand what your body wants. It means to assess how your body is looking, where, what you think works for your body, what you think doesn't work for your body and apply it accordingly with the diet of your choice. And number four, uh, which is a little bit more of a loose leaf one because it's sprinkled in through everything, but a diet to lose weight versus a diet to keep healthy are different. Figure out which one is better for you and know the benefits and the harmfulness of both. One thing we want to say is it's not just fitness that's going to get get you to your goal of whatever your goal is for your body. It's not just a diet. Both of them go hand in hand, which is why we wanted to incorporate diet into this fitness journey because it's 20% fitness, 80% of your diet. Maybe you should go check in on your diet and get on the treadmill or get on the Pilates walk, whatever works for you make it a comprehensive journey. All right. Thanks, guys. We will see you next Wednesday. Before we end this episode, here's a random tip on surviving life after 21. Uh, This one is submitted by Mihal. I hope this name rings a bell, but if you do not know who she is, she was our guest on the episode Modern Day Relationships featuring our girlfriends. If you haven't listened to it already, listen to it already. She is from Chennai, but now based in London. And her tip is experiences over material objects money will make its way to your bank eventually love it thank you so much mehal if you guys want to submit a random tip that's helping you getting through adulthood you will find the link to this google form sheet in the description of this episode